Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Okay, hey everybody, welcome to the uh, podcast today. Uh, today I've got a uh, special guest on uh, who's in the in the business of doing something that uh, I've just been obsessed with all my life, and I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, just about every man has and every boy, um, and that's uh, knives. He's uh, Mike Gibson, the owner of uh, Nine Lazy Three Knives and Leather and out of Colorado. And it's funny. I mean, I still remember to this day when I got my first knife. I was five years old, and it was hanging over the door in a liquor store, uh, corner store, um, up out of Yuba City. And I'd go in there with my dad, and I wanted this knife so bad. It was a hunting knife, and it had like a, a deer head on the handle. And <clears throat> being the way I've always been, I was persistent enough. At five, I got him to give me this hunting knife, which had about a five-inch blade on it. But, you know, of course, I wasn't supposed to have it. Um, but it was kept in a drawer. I knew where it was. So of course I did get it out and cut myself with it. But that being said, I remember that knife. I remember just about every knife since, um, except at one point in my life a while back, uh, I don't know, it was maybe eight years ago or so. And I saw this pocket knife, um, and I don't even remember what store it was in, but I go, that's a cool knife. I really need one like that. And I, I thought, man, I should just get that. And I knew I had a lot of knives, but I wasn't sure how many. And so I thought, well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't really need it that bad. Well, I got home and I actually went to my pocket knives and I had, I remember this because I've told this story a lot before. I had 42 pocket knives once I got them all gathered up and I actually had a knife that was very, very similar to that. So I'm, I'm going on this long rant just because one, I love knives and I'm excited to talk to, uh, to Mike about his business and I'm going to get him to make me a knife. His knives are super, super cool. Um, found out about him through social media, um, some posts, and uh, he makes knives basically for uh, uh, cowboys, ranch life and stuff, but it goes farther than that too. So anyway, um, like most of my podcasts, I don't plan what I'm going to say, so all that just kind of came out, and uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, and that's maybe why that one guy gave me three stars on iTunes, um, but didn't leave his name, so I don't know. But anyway, uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to just welcome Mike Gibson to the uh, Modern Cowboy Podcast. How are you doing today, Mike? Good, Dan. How are you doing today? Good, good. So, so like I said, man, you know, you, you make some of the some of the coolest knives, and I mean, it's it's obviously an uh, an art, and your craftsmanship is incredible. Um, when did you get started? How did you get started making knives? Uh, I started full time here about four or five years back. Uh, we've been building knives for a good 10, 12 years. And just never really put them out there, just kind of gave them to friends and different people. And then decided we wanted to try to go to market with them and it just kind of took off. Yeah. So, so did you start this at a real young age making knives? Did somebody in your family make knives or what's the history of even getting started with making knives? Well, basically back in the day when I was a kid, I was obsessed with knives, just like you or anybody else. And every time we'd go to town, you know, which is about three times a year, it seemed like, I'd always try to get a pocket knife and lo and behold, you know, after a month or so I'd lose it. And next time I'd go to town, I'd want to get a pocket knife. I seemed like I could never hold on to them. I'd always use them. We owned the dairy and we were using them all the time, cutting hay and everything, bales. And so I was, I was always in a need of a knife. And then 
after I got out through high school and stuff, I decided, you know, that'd be kind of fun to build a few. I good at losing them. I just will see if I could build some. <laughs> so cool. So did you just start like at home? I mean, and uh, in, in, we'll get into the materials and stuff, I guess. But, you know, what, what was the first knife you made and, and what material did you use to make it? Uh, I had an old disc. We were dryland farmers. So we had a lot of discs laying around and stuff. We had a dairy farm too and and cut first knives out of old plow discs. Yeah. And so were, were you were, were you handy with like a welder already and in, in cutting torches and that kind of stuff? Yeah, through eggs, you know, classes in school and FFA and all that we learned how to run a welder good and we had a dry land farm and we bailed a lot of hay and stuff. We were pretty good at just working on stuff and rebuilding it and have to make dudes as town you know was 60 miles away and you couldn't just run to every implement store and get what you needed so sometimes you had to improvise and you know come up with your own ideas and and fix stuff so kind of made us a little more handy loaned it to my my parents and grandparents that way you know just to work hard and and build what you need sometimes yeah and that, that's really cool now um so the first knife you made was it's just a uh just a um you know, just not a pocket knife, but basically just a fixed blade knife. Yes, sir. Just a fixed blade, kind of a hunting knife. It looked pretty crude. Uh, I wish I still had it, but I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you made that one and then, you know, and how old were you then, Mike? Oh, my first knife, I died by 16. 16. Yeah. And then yeah. from there, it just, it, you kind of just kind of made a few more and, and, uh, how'd that yeah, go? I would make a, yeah, I'd make a few every once in a while. I mean, throughout the year, I'd make just a couple trying to get it right. Didn't really know, didn't really go to any schools, classes. It was all self-taught. And then I kind of didn't make any for quite a while, quite a few years. I was busy, busy doing rodeo and different things. And I mean, I messed with it some, but not really got after it. And here a few years back, I decided I was going to get after it and see if I could make some decent stuff. And basically, 100% self-taught and just watching videos and learning from what other people have done and, you know, bought some other people's knives and compared them and tried to, I was always amazed how good everybody's stuff was. And then I was bound to determine I was going to make knives that were different than everybody else. And my biggest goal is to keep them affordable. Cause I knew when I was a kid, you know, to go buy a $10 pocket knife, you know, I had to work twice as hard at home to play to get it and the working ranch, man or woman now you know they work hard for their money and and i just try to keep my prices uh, accordingly yeah you know and i and i mean I'm, I'm actually just looking at some of the pictures right now as, as we're talking of your knives and and they they are just amazing uh beautiful works of arts and and they are so uh different you know than than so many other things i've seen so it, it's just you know i love it i'm 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 super stoked about uh about getting mine made from you. Um, my problem is I'm going to have to just start hiding from my wife because I won't be able to quit order, ordering, you know, because <laughs> you, you make you, you make so many different styles too, and, which is cool. Now, now, when did you get into making a folding knife, a pocket knife? I mean, how did that come about? Because that seems like that's a pretty intricate, you know, mechanical kind of deal. Yeah, here about two years ago, I made my first uh, handful of pocket knives. They came out okay. I mean, I wasn't real thrilled with them, so I didn't push too many of them out there. And I had a gentleman come to me at Amarillo last year, two years ago at one of the ranch rodeos and asked if I'd build him a folded knife, but he wanted a traditional 
knife, not like the Spyderco type knives they have now. Right. And it was kind of strange. He was, he had one arm, you know, it sounds like a fishy story, but he asked me if I could build it so he could open and close with one hand, but he still wanted the old trapper style. So I come up with that style there and I'd read up things about having the notch in the end of the blade so you could hook it on your pants, your shafts, anything and flip it open and flip it shut. And I made one, showed the guy, and he was just amazed how neat it was. He said I needed to kind of jump on that and market that knife. So I come up with that cutting blade uh, with that notch in it, and I don't do a lock back on it because I want it to be one-handed. And, you know, a lot of the ranchers up in the north country where they wear gloves a lot more and stuff in the winter, they can pull that knife out, flip it open, cut their twine, cut their bales, anything they're doing too, and put it away and never take their gloves off. And anybody that works a lot that wears gloves a lot, it seemed to kind of take off. And and it's kind of a fun one to build, and I'm just trying to keep it unique from just the standard holding pocket knife. You know, and the other thing, too, about that knife that, that I, I really like about it is, you know, the uh, the point. It's not like a standard drop point or, or whatever, but, you know, because a lot of times you don't need that. You know, you're not using that point, you know, um, unless someone's using it improperly, like I've done in the past, prying things. But, you know, you're less likely to poke sure. yourself with, with, with that, too, you know, if you're using it for cutting bail, you know, bailing twine or whatever you may be doing, you know, castrating or whatever. But yeah. very, very cool idea. And the, and the other thing I like about it, too, is that, you know, I'm, I mean, I've, I've got some pretty bad arthritis in my hands and in, in some of the fine motor skills are, uh, you know, not as good as they used to be. So when you have something that you can, you know, just use one hand and, you know, hook it on something to open it, uh, you know, and because my hands kind of feel like I'm wearing gloves all the time anyway. So <laughs> I guess that's my point. I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, the other knife that I think is really cool is the, the you know, the one that's got like the trigger guard on it. Um, how how did that one come about? You know, I've seen other designs that they've used something similar to that, that finger guard. And a lot of people, when they come through a booth like mine, you know, we make the traditional style drop point knives and stuff. And then I kind of change that up, putting that on those. And people, especially kids and women, tend to gravitate towards that. They pick it up and it's kind of a security for them, I guess, if they're wanting to carry it while they're roping or anything, that they're not going to slide down the the knife blade or whatever, it just fits real comfortable in the hand and it just turned about to be really comfortable and really popular. Yeah, very cool. And and now on the handles, I mean, I, I see you got all different kinds of things from, you know, stag handles to, to horn, um, do some inlay and stuff. Uh, do you do that work yourself also or? Yes, I, I do all the inlay also myself. I have a an engraving machine that if somebody sends me their brand, their logo or whatever, it'll engrave it into the bone or into the horn and then I can inlay it if they want, or I can leave it or color it or whatever. That way it's always perfect. It's not hand done as your brand is. However it is in the brand book is exactly how to look on there. And it it just makes it a little more proficient and a little sharper than it would be if I tried to hand draw it because I can't even draw a stick guy. (laughs) And yeah. So is that a, um, so you get, you need it because I, I I sent you my logo f- uh, for Modern Cowboy because I want to have you doing with that and then uh, that what kind of do you use is that water jet or is it a um, uh, laser what what kind of uh, tool do you use for 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 cutting that in for that into the bone and stuff it's just a laser engraver it'll same type of thing they use on wood or plaques or trophies um, you can do it on 
like Yeti cups, different things like that. And it just burns it in. It's like a little laser and it zigzags back and forth and prints it out perfectly. You can put anything that's super detailed. You could take a chunk of leather and put in a cartoon drawing and it'll come out exactly like that. It's, it's a very amazing machine. Very expensive and very amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Once you get that, then you, you definitely got to make a lot of knives, right? <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot. You bet. So now, um, the leather work, you, you know, for the, uh, the sheets and stuff, you, you do all that too? Yes, I do a hundred percent. All my leather work. We still build quite a few notebooks and different things like that. Holsters for guns and stuff, but just time factor mainly because the demand for the knives have went up and me and my son both build the knives and he also helps with uh, a lot of the leather work too. So in between, he's a professional steer wrestler. So when I get him home well enough to help him, I, I usually don't let him out of the shop very long. <laughs> what, what's your son's name? Uh, his name's Tough. T-U-F-F. That's a great name. You got to be tough to wrestle steers. That's for sure. Yeah. And then my daughter, she's just graduated high school. She's heading to West Texas. Uh, she's been doing most of all my social media she built my website for me several years ago, back when she was in eighth grade in high school and coming into high school, she's done all that. So I got a lot of help through the family. It's not, it's not just me. That's, the, that's great though. That's so great to hear too. I mean, in eighth grade and she's building you a website for a business. How, how, how cool it's, is that? <laughs> it's pretty amazing that, you know, she kind of studied up how to do it. And, you know, every time she touches it, it gets better and better each time. And, you know, there's always flaws in them, but it's all 100% self-taught that she's done. And it's been pretty amazing uh, what she's done to help my business doing that. Yeah, that's great. So were you making leather uh, products and, and stuff before you made the knives or? Yes, we've done leather work for all all my whole life. My dad was a leather worker. You know, we had the dairy and stuff too, but in the evenings when there was time, he was always making belts, making notebooks for us, doing all kinds of stuff. And so I learned all my leather work from him and we've just done loads and loads of that. And like I say here a few years ago, I decided to take some of that to market to see if there was a market for it. And it took right off. I've built hundreds of notebooks and stuff since. And it's kind of amazing the demand for handcrafted material out there. Yeah. It's, well, it, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, you know, um, you, you you know that you you know i i feel i know why that is is because you know so many times you can get some of these things and you know i mean they're they call them swag a lot or whatever you get from a lot of different places and i've even produced some of it myself for some other businesses and stuff i've gotten a lot of times it's just cheaply made stuff that you know doesn't last and everybody can get and when you can get something like this that's you know just handmade and and uh you know just personalized it's 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 a, it's just a cool thing i just uh I just, I think it's amazing. So now you guys, you say you guys had a dairy. You guys still have the dairy or? Uh, no, we quit dairying back when I was, oh, just getting out of high school. Market kind of went down. And then we, we always had ranch animals, you know, on cows and beef cattle and horses and stuff. But we kind of got out of the dairy business and went into the hay business for a while. And, and then on into the trucking business, my dad had a dozen cattle trucks we did that for years and and this kind of generator we've always been in the business my brother has a feedlot still and it just runs deep in uh, generations of us 
Yeah. Now, and you guys are in, in Colorado, right? You said? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're in southern, southeast Colorado. And, and is that where you guys uh, had the dairy at as well? I grew up in northeast Colorado, so basically just straight north of us where we had our dairy. And when I was uh, junior high age, we actually had the largest dairy in Colorado. No kidding. And since then, yeah, it was pretty big. We milked, at that time, just under 300 cows at a time. Um, then you had your dry cows, your fresh cows coming on. But since then, the big California dairies have moved in, and we're just a little fish in the pond if we were still going. But at that time, we were we were really big. We were by far the biggest area in the state. Man. And that, that's, that is definitely a, uh, 24 seven job when you got the dairy and them cows got to yeah, yeah. be milked. Yeah. I mean, I got off the school bus and they, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon milk till eight o'clock at night. We only got one TV station back then. So it really wasn't anything to watch. So you'd go in, shower, eat supper, do your homework, go to bed. My brother always had to help me out in the mornings. He was a little older than me, but it was nonstop. And, you know, vacations come very seldom. You never wanted to be snowed in. Snow days, it was work days for us. So <laughs> it was always, you know, friends would want to come out and, you know, milk and stuff. They'd only do that once. And then they decided <laughs> that was, it was a lot more fun to stay at home and mess around than it was. Cause we just had, you know, we just grew up working hard. That's all we knew. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle, my uncle had a, uh, had a small dairy and then he worked for a couple other outfits, bigger outfits. And, uh, so I, I would go and stay with him and, and, uh, in the summer sometimes. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, definitely getting up early and staying up late a lot of times. That's for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. So now uh, you were, you were mentioning it was a long ways from, from town, uh, when you were a kid too. Uh, just, I was, my, my wife, uh, she grew up in uh, Crane, Oregon. I don't know if you know where that's at by, it's outside of Burns, but they were like 30 miles from town. Her dad had an alfalfa farm up there. So I just kind of related to that when you were talking about only go to town, you know, a few times, uh, three, four times a year or whatever. Sure. Well, I mean, we was in town, see my cold time, but, you know, back then my mom would grocery shop, you know, once a month and, right. you know, people nowadays do it five times a week. And, you know, we stocked up and she canned everything and, you know, the only time you really went to town is when you needed some major parts. And I mean, which is quite often, but still not as often as people do nowadays. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was actually in a, a Fry's uh, supermarket the other day and I came, back, I came back in for something and I saw the same gal that worked and I go, oh my gosh, twice in one day. I said, and she goes, oh, that's not strange because some people come in three and four times a day. And I was just like, you got to yeah. be kidding. It's <laughs> amazing, Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But hey, so um, so now this is what you do full-time. Or you, you guys don't ranch or anything else? I mean, or, or do you ranch still and, and do your knife and leather business? Or No, that, I do this full-time. And then my son helps me full-time when he's not um, gone rodeo on this. So cool. How, how about your wife? Does she work uh, in the business with you at all? Or? Yeah, she helps do a lot of the books and stuff. And she works for the little town there she's a town clerk not too far away from us so she works half a days for them that's all the bigger the town is it's a couple hundred people and then she does all my book books does all the mailing so if it's wrong it's her fault not mine and um takes care of all that part of it for us and then on the designs on the knives mike do you do you do all the designs yourself or then some of the stuff of course you know people send you and give you ideas or or uh, yeah most 
most of it I've, I've done almost all of it myself. My older son, he lives in Nebraska. He works for a big chemical company. He's a chemist and he's really good at art and drawing. And I'll tell him, you know, we need to come up with a different design, something a little different. I'll kind of give him some ideas and he'll draw something out. And then we kind of hash it back and forth. Me and my two sons and my daughter and my wife. And it's kind of, well, that might work. And then we kind of throw a few out there, trying to take it to market slow. And if it takes off and then we, you know, we go full blow into it and hope it works. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's so cool. I just, I, I'm just like, like I was saying at the beginning, you know, I'm so fascinated, uh, you know, with knives. I think all, I think all guys are, you know, we just, we just love them. And, and, uh, uh, you know, the other thing I like about these knives too, and even on your folders, you know, that you've got a, uh, oh, you know, like a, uh, leather strap on them, you know, so it's like, if it's in your pocket, you, yes. can, you can grab it, or if you carry it in a sheath, you know, it, it makes it easier to pull it out. Um, sure. Um, I, I love that as well. Um, that folding knife, you know, a lot of people put clips on them, the handles. And of course, if you've had one, you know, you catch on your seatbelt or anything else you walk by. And the first set of knives I built that were folders, I did that. I just didn't have much luck. And when I went to building this one, I wanted to do it similar to he want this old cowboy wanted this old fashioned knife. And I'm like, it needs to be carried like a, a pocket watch with the fob sticking out, you know, and the leather sticking out, you can pull it out of your pocket or pull it out of a sheath. And so that's the main reason we punched the hole in the folding knife. So you can carry it in your pocket with just the leather hanging out. If you want, you don't have to have it in a sheath, but I, I just try to keep myself to the old fashioned cowboy style, even though there's all walks of life that obviously buy my knives, even the drummer from Shinedown, which is kind of a strange thing that happened, bought one um, from me and ordered it. And which he's a completely different walk of life, but it was just eye catching to him, and and he bought one. So. Yeah, well, and, and that's cool. Now, did he did he specify a, a, a certain knife, or did he have it uh, customized in any way? Or yes, he wanted the the pistol cutter, the one with the finger hole in it, and he wanted a blue handle, and he wanted his initials on it, and he wanted it in bone, and so that's what we made for him, and. He actually got it oh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just got pictures from him the other day in on their tour, and he sent me several pictures of him holding it and a big, long letter of thanking me for making it for him and, you know, tickets to any show I'd ever want to come to, backstage passes. and Like, man, that's an awful lot to give somebody that sold you a knife. And he <laughs> said, well, he was, just, he was just amazed that, you know, it's exactly what he wanted, and he was pretty proud of it. And I mean, we're awful proud of it. I got a picture of him hanging in my shop now. A lot of people don't know who he is and but i mean he's one of the most famous drummers out there and, and another strange thing just a, about a week or so ago uh i was contracted by miranda lambert's stage manager and we're building a knife for her also that's so cool well you know you're talking about shinedown we'll go back to them a minute uh you know i i know that that band you know pretty well and, and a lot of people do but uh uh they do one of the best uh, renditions of Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that or not by them, but yes. uh, it's very uh, nice. It's awesome in there. And, and I love their music. I mean, and, 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 and the band themselves. So that's very cool. So, well, now, now you're knife maker to the stars. It's a, a good thing. I got you on my, on my podcast before, uh, you know, you got any bigger than I, I had to go through your booking agent. Probably that that's, that's so cool. Yeah, I wish they'd be that big, but it's it's not. <laughs> Dale Brisby's probably helped me as much as anybody. I met him a few years ago at a couple of these shows, like high school finals, and and 
got to know him just a little bit, not real, not real, you know, close or nothing with him, but he bought a few of them and he'll tag me once in a while on a post, but him and his brother, you know, they're pretty funny guys. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And they've done, they've done quite a bit for me as far as promoting it quietly, I guess you'd say without really giving them anything. And they're just, they're just a couple of pretty good guys and makes it kind of neat. And they drug the American hat people over to me at, at junior high finals and high school finals this year. And I got to meet the owner of American hats and he bought a handful of knives from me. And, and hopefully here in the future, we get to do uh, something pretty special with them. And then also I made a great contact with rope smart and they're actually going to start selling knives with their logo on it that I'm making for them. That's great. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. American hat. That's, that's another great outfit, Keith Maddox and then Keith Monday um, down there in uh, the best hat store. Keith Maddox owns that down yeah. there. I actually did an episode with one of their, uh, one of their shapers, Raul Garcia. Really sure, great. Yeah. He was, well, he's one of my great customers. He's been there and got several knives from me and I always see him at these shows. He's always wearing it. He's always using it. And, it makes you feel good when you're going somewhere and you see one of your knives that, you know, somebody's wearing and they may not know who you are personally or whatever, they've ordered it or whatever. And right. It's just pretty neat to see that, you know, walking behind somebody and you see that. And them guys are great. They, they're at my booth every time we go and I'm over at theirs for a little bit visiting and they're just a great bunch of guys. That's so cool. So cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to working with you and getting my first knife made from you anyway. And, um, really excited about that. Um, it's funny. Uh, you know, I think, I think one of the last things I think I was talking to you before we, you know, did the the show today. Um, I think one of the big posts I saw was from the, I think it was the national high school finals when I really, you know, took notice and said, man, I got to check this out. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I was looking to have, uh, you know, a knife made and there's actually a company here in, in Arizona, they make knives and I reached out to them, I mean, numerous times and, uh, they never responded. So it was just, it was meant to be, I think that, uh, I saw you and got hooked up with you. That's great. <laughs> Which I'm excited about, man. So, um, so being in the cowboy world, growing up, you know, ranching, farming, dairy and everything you've done, uh, what's your, uh, what you got a favorite, uh, favorite movie, favorite cowboy movie or, any anything John Wayne's my favorite movie. There's nothing better than a John Wayne movie, and still to this day we'll sit down and watch them. And if my kids are around, they're like, "Man, we've seen this like ten times." But probably my favorite movie of all time is the movie The Cowboys. Uh, it had Clay O'Brien Cooper in it as a little kid, and yeah, and all them people. Yeah, it's so great, great, great movie, man. One of one of my all time favorites too. And uh, how about the uh, hat brands? You you got any? I mean, we know about American hat, but do you have any other hat brands that you've, you've worn or any hat makers that you've used or American hats still the best, no matter still the what. Best. There you go. All right. And, and how about boots? Uh, I like, uh, area boots or I think they're most comfortable for me anyway. There's a lot of choices out there, but wore those for years and they're just always fit the bill pretty good. Very cool. Well, I, I, I I, I, I dare say that your favorite uh, music right now is Shine Down and Miranda Lambert. Uh, 
which is that's, uh, absolutely that's all we listen to now. <laughs> what 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 uh, you, you probably can't say, but what kind of, of knife are you commissioned to make for Miranda? Is that going to be a surprise in the future? We have to stay tuned. Uh, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a folding knife. Yeah, she wants that that bull cutter knife. She'd seen it on social media and put it through her manager stuff how neat it was and that's what he was telling me when he emailed me and been in contact so we picked a special color for her and put some stuff on it you know to personalize it for her and, and hopefully i get a picture of it that's my main goal is i'd love to get a picture like i did with um barry with his shine down picture and you know it's just something really cool to hang on the wall and it's always remember that you know somebody way more famous than I'll ever be as one. That's so awesome. So awesome. Hey, Mike, well, I really, really appreciate you, you know, coming on and, and telling us your story and, and, uh, uh, you know, talking about knives. It's, you know, it's just like we, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, when, when it comes to knives, I mean, I think all men and boys are the same, man. You just, you can never have enough of them, you know, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to getting my first one from you. And, uh, Really appreciate you. Appreciate you taking the time and coming on today. Absolutely. I really appreciate you getting a hold of me. And we always try to respond timely if we can. And like, uh, unlike the Arizona people did, obviously, but we're more than happy to talk and work with anybody we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate it, Mike. I'm sure you've got uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, work to get back to there. So um, I, I look forward to working with you on my knife and then I look forward to meeting you in person and uh, we'll even get you a picture with me. You can put on your wall somewhere out of the that way. That would be awesome. <laughs> no, that'd, that'd be a good way to keep the mice out of the shop. No, I just <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I, my wife tells me I've got the perfect face for radio and I'm not even on That's radio great. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael, hey, it's great. great. We'll be great, happy. Great talking with you, man. You bet. Thank you guys very much. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives 
half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the Roman pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the Roman pen Down at the Roman